Chapter Five of the Queen's Necklace by Alexandre Dumas. The translator is unknown. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Gail Timmerman Vaughan. Chapter Five, The Road to Versailles. The ladies were free from the crowd for the present, but there was some danger that they might be followed and recognized, when the same tumult would doubtless be renewed and escape a second time be more difficult. The young officer knew this and therefore hastened to awaken one of the half-frozen and sleepy men. So stupefied, however, did they seem, that he had great difficulty in arousing one of them. At last he took them by the collar and shook him roughly. "'Gently, gently,' cried the man, sitting up. "'Where do you wish to go, ladies?' asked the officer. "'To Versailles,' said the elder lady, still speaking German. "'Oh, to Versailles,' repeated the coachman. Four miles and a half over this ice. "'No, I would rather not.' "'We will pay well,' said the lady." This was repeated to the coachman in French by the young officer. "'But how much?' said the coachman. "'You see, it is not only going, but I must come back again.' "'A louis, is that enough?' asked the lady of the officer, who, turning to the coachman, said, "'These ladies offer you a louis.' "'Well, that will do, although I risk breaking my horse's legs.' "'Why, you rascal, you know that if you were paid all the way there and back, it would be but twelve francs, and we offer you twenty-four. "'Oh, do not stay to bargain,' cried the lady. "'He shall have his twenty louis, if he will only set off at once.' "'One is enough, madame. "'Come down, sir, and open the door.' "'I will be paid first, said the man. "'You will,' said the officer fiercely. "'Oh, let us pay,' said the lady, putting her hand in her pocket. "'She turned pale. "'Oh, mon Dieu, I've lost my purse. "'Feel for yours, André.' "'Oh, madame, it is gone, too.' "'They looked at each other in dismay, while the young officer— watched their proceedings, and the coachman sat grinning and priding himself on his caution. The lady was about to offer her gold chain as a pledge, when the young officer drew out a louis and offered it to the man, who thereupon got down and opened the door. The ladies thanked him warmly and got in. And now, sir, drive these ladies carefully and honestly. The ladies looked at each other in terror. They could not bear to see their protector leave them. Oh, madame, said André, do not let him go. But why not? We will ask for his address and return him his louis to-morrow, with a little note of thanks, which you shall write. But, madame, suppose the coachman should not keep faith with us, and should turn us out halfway. What would become of us? Oh, we will take his number. Yes, madame, I do not deny that you could have him punished afterwards, but meanwhile you would not reach Versailles, and what would they think? True, replied her companion. The officer advanced to take leave. Monsieur, said André, one more word, if you please. "'At your orders, madame,' he said politely, but somewhat stiffly. "'Monsieur, you cannot refuse us one more favour, after serving us so much? "'What is it, madame?' "'We are afraid of the coachman who seems so unwilling to go.' "'You need not fear,' replied he. "'I have his number, and if he does not behave well, apply to me.' "'To you, sir?' said André in French, forgetting herself. "'We do not even know your name.' "'You speak French?' exclaimed the young man. "'and you have been condemning me all this time "'to blunder on in German.' "'Excuse us, sir,' said the elder lady, "'coming to André's rescue. "'But you must see that, though not perhaps foreigners, "'we are strangers in Paris, "'and, above all, out of our places, in a hackney coach. "'You are sufficiently a man of the world "'to see that we are placed in an awkward position. "'I feel assured you are generous enough "'to believe the best of us "'and to complete the service you have rendered, "'and, above all, to ask no questions.' Madame, replied the officer, charmed with her noble yet pleasing manner, dispose of me as you will. 
then sir have the kindness to get in and accompany us to versailles the officer instantly placed himself opposite to them and directed the man to drive on after proceeding in silence for some little time he began to feel himself surrounded with delicate and delicious perfumes and gradually began to think better of the lady's position they are thought he ladies who have been detained late at some rendezvous and are now anxious to regain versailles much frightened and a little ashamed still two ladies driving themselves in a cabriolet however recollected he there was a servant behind but then again no money on either of them but probably the footman carried the purse and the carriage was certainly a very elegant one and the horse could not have been worth less than one hundred and fifty louis therefore they must be rich so that the accidental want of money proves nothing but why speak a foreign language when they must be french however that at least shows a good education and they speak both languages with perfect purity besides there is an air of distinction about them the supplication of the younger one was touching and the request of the other was noble and imposing indeed i begin to feel it dangerous to pass two or three hours in a carriage with two such pretty women pretty and discreet also for they do not speak but wait for me to begin on their parts the ladies were doubtless thinking of him for just as he had arrived at these conclusions the elder lady said to her companion but this time in english really this coachman crawls along we shall never reach versailles i fear our poor companion must be terribly ennuyé particularly answered andre smiling as our conversation has not been very amusing do you not think he has a most distinguished air yes certainly besides he wears the uniform of a naval officer and all naval officers are of good family he looks well in it too for he is very handsome here the young man interrupted them your pardon ladies said he in excellent english but i must tell you that i understand english perfectly i do not however know spanish therefore if you can and like to speak in that language you are safe from my understanding you oh monsieur replied the lady laughing we had no harm to say of you as you must have heard therefore we will content ourselves with french for the remainder of the time thanks madame but if my presence be irksome to you you cannot suppose that sir as it was we who begged you to accompany us exacted it even said andre oh madame you overwhelm me pray pardon me my momentary hesitation but paris is so full of snares and deceptions then you took us for monsieur took us for snares that is all oh lady said the young man quite humiliated i assure you i did not but what is the matter the coach stops i will see madame oh i think we are overturning pray take care sir and andre in her terror laid her hand on the young man's shoulder he yielding to an impulse attempted to seize her little hand but she had in a moment thrown herself back again in the carriage he therefore got out and found the coachman engaged in raising one of the horses which had fallen on the ice the horse with his aid was soon on its legs again and they pursued their way it seemed however that this little interruption had destroyed the intimacy which had begun to spring up for after the ladies had asked and been told the cause of their detention all relapsed into silence the young man however who had derived some pleasure from the touch of that little hand thought he would at least have a foot in exchange he therefore stretched out his and endeavoured to touch hers which was however quickly withdrawn and when he did just touch that of the elder lady she said with great sang-froid i fear sir i am dreadfully in your way he coloured up to the ears and felt thankful to the darkness which prevented it from being seen after this he desisted and remained perfectly still 
fearing even to renew the conversation, lest he should seem impertinent to these ladies to whom, at first, he thought himself rather condescending in his politeness. Still, in spite of himself, he felt more and more strongly attracted towards them, and an increasing interest in them. From time to time he heard them speak softly to each other, and he caught these words. So late an hour, what excuse for being out? At last the coach stopped again, but this time it was no accident, but simply that they had arrived at Versailles. The young man thought the time had passed with marvellous quickness. We are at Versailles, said the coachman. Where must he stop, ladies? asked the officer. At the Place d'Armes. At the Place d'Armes, coachman, said the officer. Go on. I must say something to them, he thought, or they will now think me as stupid, as they must before have thought me impertinent. Mesdames, said he, you are at length arrived, thanks to your generous assistance. What trouble we have given you, added André. Oh, madame, do not speak of it. Well, sir, we shall not forget. Will you tell us your name? My name? Certainly, sir, you do not wish to make a present of a louis, I hope. Oh, madame, if that is it, said the young man, rather piqued. I yield. I am the Comte de Charnay, and as madame has already remarked, a naval officer. Charnay, repeated the elder lady. I shall not forget. Yes, madame, Georges de Charnay. And you live? Hôtel des Princes, Rue de Richelieu. The coach stopped. The elder lady opened the door and jumped out quickly, holding out a hand to her companion. But pray, ladies, said he, preparing to follow them, take my arm. You are not yet at your own door. Oh, sir, do not move. Not move? No. Pray remain in the coach. You cannot walk alone. At this time of night it is impossible. Now you see, said the elder lady gaily, after almost refusing to oblige us, you wish to be too obliging. But, madame, sir, remain to the end a loyal and gallant cavalier. We thank you, Monsieur de Charnay, with all our hearts, and will not even ask your word. To do what, madame? To shut the door and order the man to drive back to Paris, without even looking where we go, which you will do, will you not? I will obey you, madame. Coachman, back again, and he put a second louis into the man's hand, who joyfully set out on his return. The young man sighed as he took his place on the cushions, which the unknown ladies had just occupied. They remained motionless till the coach was out of sight, and then took their way towards the castle. End of chapter 5